You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. God is faithful to you even when you are unfaithful to Him. He never forgets you. I'm a father. And it doesn't matter how, where my kids are in the world. I'm connected to them. I never forget them. God never forgets you. You're connected to Him. God is the most loving person you'll ever know. Have you ever experienced unconditional love? That means love without conditions. If you've ever experienced this kind of love from a parent, a loved one, a friend, or a pastor, then you know how it almost feels unfair. It feels like you don't deserve to be forgiven because you've wronged them, but they haven't wronged you. In today's message, Pastor Holland is going to remind you that this is what the love of God is. He loves you unconditionally, even when you aren't faithful to Him. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 10 as he continues his message, What Does God Require? Paul said to the Corinthians, it's the love of Christ that compels or that motivates us. In 2 Corinthians 5.14. Because love is the essence of the law. Love is the essence of the law. In Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 through 13, Moses said, And now Israel... What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways and to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes which I command you today for your good. For your good. Now, we read this, and it says here, what does the Lord your God require of you? And when you hear that word, immediately you go into white Anglo-Saxon, you know, Webster Dictionary mode, right? And the word require means to make mandatory, to demand, to cause to be necessary. And so you read that, and you think, oh, this is what God demands of me. This is mandatory. I have to do this whether I want to do it or not. I got to do it because God says. But in Hebrew, it means something else. In Hebrew, the word require means to strongly desire or to make a request or to ask with the highest intensity. So it's God saying, this is what I really want for you. This is what I really want for us. This is what I desire. This is what I'm longing for in a relationship with you. This is what I want for your life and for our life together. It's God saying, I love you, and I really want this for us. It's like when a husband and a wife get together and and they're making that decision to unite to get to each other for all eternity and they say this is the life i want to have with you i'm going to forsake all others i'm only going to have you i'm going to love you when you're sick i'm going to love you when you're rich (laughs) working on the port no (laughs) 
going to love you when you're poor. I'm going to love you through thick. I'm going to love you through thin. This is what I want for us. And that's what God is saying. This is what I want for us. Because God doesn't demand that anyone love him. God doesn't command you to love him. If, if he did, that wouldn't be love. But if you love him, he wants you to love him with everything you have within you, with all your heart and with all your soul. He doesn't share us with anyone. He wants you all to himself. That's fair, isn't it? If you're committing your life to someone, they want you all to themselves. They want to have an exclusive relationship with you. And there are five qualities that describe someone who loves the Lord, that describes this exclusive relationship. And the first is to fear the Lord, your God. And that word fear is better translated respect or honor. Now, when you respect someone, you don't act in ways that you know that will embarrass them or that they won't like or that will dishonor them. And you do it because you love them. I'm not going to do anything to kind of to offend you. I don't want to do that. I respect you. In Proverbs 9.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you re- begin to respect the Lord, when you care what He thinks and when you care what He says... That's where wisdom begins in your life. Proverbs 19.23 says, the fear of the Lord leads to life. You know, I respect my wife. I greatly respect her. And so I try to dress in a way that won't dishonor her. I don't always get it. I Sometimes I fail miserably. She'll look at me and say, are you wearing that? And I know immediately that means change. I used to drive, dress really stylishly back in the day, you know, when Miami Vice was really popular. I used to wear the espadrilles and the tuck pants and the, the colored shirts, you know, like white beater shirts and the jacket and all. And, and, uh, and I had one of these asymmetrical haircuts. I was, you know, it's crazy in those days. But I did this conference and this guy came and prayed for me and cast the spirit of fashion out of me. And uh, apparently it worked. <laughs> But I would, you know, if it was up to me, I would just slum it all day long. I'd show up in tennis shoes and a T-shirt and, you know, whatever jeans I had on. And, and you know, and my wife would just look at me and she just would be embarrassed for me. But I respect her. So I try to, I try to clean it up. And I'm not all the way there, but I'm better than I used to be. And maybe by next year I'll be closer to, you know, what she desires for me. And I got now Brandon in my life to kind of help me in that department. Although I haven't asked her if she likes what Brandon does. Uh, but <laughs> Your hair looks good. Yeah, my hair looks good. <laughs> but when you respect the Lord, you're going to naturally make decisions that you know are in alignment with what God wants for you and Him together. Not just for you, but for both of you together, your life together, because you care what God thinks. The second is to walk in his ways. 
And, uh, you know, I like to go on walks with my wife. We walk around our neighborhood. It's, an, it's a mile, it's a, you know, to one mile to go around. But the reason why I like to walk is not because it gives me exercise. The reason why I like to walk is, is it gives me time with my wife. And that's what it means when God says to walk in his ways. That's really what he's after. He wants to spend time with you. When it says to walk, it means that you, you, it means to have the same manner of life, to live the same way. And when it talks about God's ways, it talks about the ways, the manner of life that God has. So God has a way of living. You have a way of living. And so when you're walking with God, you're, you're walking in the same direction. You're going in the same journey. You're living your life the way that God is living his life. You're in sync with one another. In Deuteronomy 33.3, it says, All your holy ones are in your hands, and they followed in your steps. God wants you to walk in the same direction he's walking. In Psalms 37, 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. God delights in your ways. Why? Because you're going the same place he is. You're going together. He loves that. He loves walking with you through life. And he's on journey. He wants you to be on his journey to walk in the same direction. The third is to love him. And that word used for love speaks of the most intimate love you can have with someone. And it's a loyal love. It's a relational love. You know, that's a word that's missing from the generation today is loyalty. We're loyal until something better comes along, and then we're loyal to that. We're loyal until something is going to help us in our career or whatever, and then we become loyal to whoever the highest bidder is, whoever will take us the furthest. We've lost this idea of being loyal to someone through thick and thin, of having someone's back. My dad was a Marine, and when you're in the Marine, you have friends forever. Every Marine is a friend with a Marine. They have each other's back forever. It's a loyalty there. It's something that's missing in our culture today, that sense of loyalty. But God operates under that sense of loyalty. It's the basis of his relationship with man, his loyal love to you. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, God is described as the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. In Psalms 86, 15, describes God as merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God is faithful to you even when you are unfaithful to him. He never forgets you. I'm a father, and it doesn't matter how, where my kids are in the world. I'm connected to them. I never forget them. God never forgets you. You're connected to him. God is the most loving person you'll ever know. And if you see him any other way but loving, then I'm sad to say that you don't know God. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. 
And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. Because 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. I even heard a preacher say, God is love, really? Is that enough? No, God is judgment. It's like, no, you don't know God. Shut your mouth. God is love. God demonstrates his love to us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. God wants you to live. That's what he wants. The fourth is to serve the Lord with all your heart and soul. And that word serve can also be translated to worship. And so everything we do in service to God is worship. And if you call yourself a worshiper of God, then you will want to serve him. It's a natural part of loving God and worshiping him and being grateful to him. It's something you're going to want to do. First Chronicles 28.9 says that we are to serve God with a perfect, a complete heart and with a willing mind. There's a willingness to serve the Lord. Our default to God should be yes. Yes, whatever you want, God. I want you to do this. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. That is the default. Psalms 102 says to serve the Lord with gladness. That there's joy in serving the Lord. I love to serve the Lord. The Lord has never disappointed me. People have disappointed me organizations have disappointed me. There's a lot of things that have disappointed me, but God has never disappointed me. He's always been faithful. He's always told me the truth, and everything he's told me has always happened without fail. There's joy in serving the Lord. Because one thing I do know about God, God is a rewarder. He rewards his servants. So often God gets a bad rap on how he treats his servants. I've even heard people say it, you know, serving the Lord at Calvary Chapel. It's like, well, do they pay you? It's like, wow, I never got into this for the money. I got into this because I love Jesus. And you could either work for man or you can work for God. And I tell you what, when you work for God, he takes care of you in ways that you can't even imagine. Like my house payment is $1,500 a month. <laughs> My house payment, not my rent. <laughs> Only God can do that because I work for him. I serve him and he's a rewarder of those that serve him. Paul spoke about pressing on towards the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus and receiving the crown of righteousness. I want the crown. 
Paul encouraged the Galatians to not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart or get discouraged. The fifth thing is to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord for your own good. Now again, the key to understanding this is is to understand that we need to read it in the context of God's love, that God loves us. That God is instructing us on how to live a life that is good for us. Do you want to live a good life? Do you want to live a blessed life? This is how you do it. And too often we put the emphasis on keeping the commandments. you got to keep the commandments. And we overlook the for your own good part. We, look, we put the emphasis on the law, but we don't put the emphasis on the reason, the, the benefit. And God isn't forcing you to obey his commandments by threatening you. God doesn't threaten you to obey his commandments. God is assuming that you love him. God is assuming that you want to live a blessed life. God is assuming that that you want to have a good life. And if you do what God says, it's the best thing you can do for yourself. It's how you live a blessed life. Keep my commandments, my directives, my personal directives. God's speaking to you. It's, and keep his statutes, his legal decrees. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14, 15. And in 1 John 5, 3, it says his commandments aren't burdensome. It's not a burden to do what he wants you to do. And when you love someone, it's not a burden. Right? It's not a burden. Now, my wife likes to quote this verse to me, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. She tells me that often. But the truth is, it's not a burden. It's not a burden to do what she wants me to do. It's inconvenient sometimes, right? Let's be honest. She's sitting there, so I know that she can slap me if I get out of line. It's inconvenient at times. It's costly sometimes, right? It is, but it's never a burden. In fact, I won't let it be a burden. I won't allow it to become a burden in my life because I've made a decision. I decided to love her. And it's really for my own good that I do what she wants me to do. And here's the thing, if it's true with my wife, how much more is it true with God? How much more? And why is it for my own good that I keep God's commandments? Because Deuteronomy 10, 14 says, Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. What is it that you want in this life? Is it success? Is it to provide for your family, to be a good parent, to be a good son or daughter, to be a good student, a good husband, a good wife, to have great opportunities? The Bible says that the heaven, the highest heaven, and the earth with all that is in it belongs to the Lord your God. Everything belongs to Him. And if you're just a smart business guy, okay, let's just talk pure business right now. When you're in business, I was in sales They would tell us all the time, don't waste your time with anybody but the owner. Go right to the top. 
Go right to the decision maker. That's the person you deal with. You don't deal with management. Management's going to have to talk to the owner to get cleared what needs to be done. You talk to the owner and you'll be able to get what you need to get. So you want the best for your family. You want the best for yourself. Deal with the one who owns heaven and earth. Go right to the top. Bypass all the middle management. Go right to him. Because he's the one that can make the decisions. You want your kids and your grandkids to have the best opportunities? Teach them to love the Lord your God, and they will be blessed by God. You want to be a good parent, a good son, a good daughter, a good husband, wife, a business owner? Walk in God's ways and serve him, and you will be blessed in everything that you do. Because he's the one you're dealing with. He owns it all. He's the only one can decide. And again, this isn't a demand. It's not mandatory. God is simply revealing to us what a life that is in love with him looks like. You have to look at it and go, does this match my life? He's saying, this is what it looks like when people love me. Do you love him? And does your life look like this? It's a life of respect, of walking together, of loving and serving and doing what God wants. Not because we have to, but because we love to. And Jude 21 says to keep yourselves in the love of God. To stay in his love. And it's one of the hardest things to do. To remain in the love of God. When discouragement comes into your life and wants to move you out of the love of God. It's hard to remain, to rest and stand in God's love. When disappointment tries to push you out, when accusations come in and try to move you from the love of God. And here's a hard one, when Betrayal comes in. When your friends betray you, your co-workers or whatever, when they betray you and want to push you out of that place of knowing that you're loved by God. When the fear of not making it tries to move you. Let it all go. Just let it all go. And stand. And rest. And be still. And don't move until you have the revelation, the knowledge, the knowing deep within your soul that you are loved by God. Don't let it move you. Remain in the love of God. Even if you blow it. Don't let your sin move you out of the love of God. Stay in the love of God and press in because there is nothing sweeter than the love of God. There's nothing more beautiful, more wonderful than the love of God. Remain in this love. Friends, we want you to know how special you are to us, but more importantly, we want you to know how special you are to God. God loves you, and He gave everything for you so that you could have eternal life. His Son Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven and you could know that you're going to spend eternity 
in heaven. Why don't you pray this simple prayer, mean it with all your heart, and make that decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Forgive me for living my life without you. I don't want to live without you anymore. I want to live for you. Forgive me for breaking your law and fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you pray that prayer, you can have the assurance that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And I look forward to spending that eternity with you. Thank you for being part of Worship Life Radio today. The book of Deuteronomy is full of the law that was given to Moses for the Israelite people. It was also a picture of reality and possibility in regard to a relationship with God. Listen to this well-known verse from Deuteronomy 6.5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In this verse, did you sense a note of urgency, of an expectation to surrender as I did? It's not enough to say, I love you, Jesus. It's more of an all-or-nothing, hold-nothing-back kind of intentional way of life, and it takes every ounce of every being. So what do you say? Are you ready to love so much that you can't think of or do anything outside of that love? Jesus wants a relationship with you. Will you give us a call at 949-228-9117 with any questions or concerns you might have? Once again, that number is 949-228-9117. You've been listening to the Outreach Ministry of Calvary Chapel San Clemente with Pastor Holland Davis. Visit us at calvarysanclemente.org to learn more about us. That website again is calvarysanclemente.org. Now may the Lord bless you and those whom you love and especially those whom nobody loves. That's all the time we have for today. Come again for more of God's Word here on Worship Life Radio. Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.